Welcome, everyone, to this first episode of the Almost Dead Hour podcast. I'm your host, Juan, and many of you may know me from a Spanish project uh, that's called Entre la Oscuridad, who, with along with my co-host, Ana, uh, we basically presented the um, paranormal experiences from people from around the world in the Spanish language, uh, and they would just share anything that would happen to them in that topic. After many requests, I have decided to take a gamble on this and attempt to make this channel in English. Uh, what I'm going to try to do is I'm just going to try to narrate the stories that have already been presented on the Spanish podcast and just translate them to English uh, on a narrative uh, format. And hopefully it is to your guys' liking. Please bear with me as um, this is all being done Uh, by us, we're not really hiring anybody to write these stories for us. We're just, we're just basically translating uh, all of this from just our knowledge. There's nothing really special going on behind the scenes. So if I butcher any names or um, any of these events from Spanish to English, I want to apologize ahead of time. But I will try my best to make these stories as entertaining as possible. And yes, all these stories are told to us by the people who participate. And you are more than welcome, if you speak Spanish, of course, to check these out. Otherwise, enjoy. Tlaxcala. It is a very small state located in East Central Mexico, probably the smallest state of the Republic, accounting for only 2% of the country's territory. Most of the state's economy is based on agriculture, light industry, and tourism. Trust me, I lived there for a couple years. And the only thing that I can tell you is that it is extremely small, with a very low population, but very friendly at best. These are the type of people that as you're walking by, they will always say hello. The food and the weather can make up for its lack of activities for those who are used to the city, but especially the food. This is not a place where people go and expect to um, be going to the movie theaters every weekend or uh, a mall. But there is one thing that this magical place is also known for. The urban legends. From the Weeping Woman to the Fight of the Titans. What is the Fight of the Titans? Well, this town is surrounded by volcanoes. One of them being the Popocatépetl, and the other one being La Malinche. But that is a story that we will tell in the future. The paranormal is sure to be something that many, if not everyone, can relate to in this town. A good example is today's story. The year was 1982. The protagonist of the story is Maria, who lived in a rural town named Papalota de Chicotencatl. This was a year of mourning, because unfortunately, her mother's beloved friend had just passed away. You see, her mother's friend worked nights operating a restroom for field workers that would drive by to use these facilities. The only problem is that back in those days, gasoline was used to operate some of the machinery of these bathrooms since they were not connected to any electricity or plumbing of any sort. She was used to wiping the excess of these highly flammable chemicals on her apron. Unfortunately, that year, Part of the machinery failed and caused a small fire which happened to be near her until finally she was overcome by the flames. She was a widow and a mother of four children. 
whom were left orphaned due to the tragedy. One thing the town could agree on is that she loved her children with all of her heart. It was a passing that the whole town felt, especially Maria's mother. Why am I mentioning this death? Well, we'll get to that in a bit. Maria lived in a house of nine people. She was one of seven siblings. She had just turned 14 that year. Her mother had just hit a curfew due to the town still mourning the passing of her friend. It wasn't really a curfew of safety, rather more of respect. 9 p.m. If by 9 p.m. you were not in the home, you were left out, something that Maria thought that she had under control until she was willing to put it to the test. It was a random night and luck was not on her side. As she was walking home from an aunt's house, Maria was stopped by her aunt, who asked her for a favor. She asked her if she can have her cousin get home as soon as possible. Maria agreed since it was on her way home. Clueless of the time, Maria finally located her cousin, who happened to be with a new boyfriend. Maria did what was asked of her, but she hung out with the couple for another hour. This was unfortunate because it was now past 9pm. Once she noticed the time, she bolted home and unfortunately was met with a locked door. She was no longer allowed in. It was already past the curfew, and her mother was pretty strict. She knocked, and she pleaded to be let in. The reply was something that she did not want to hear. She was informed that her father, who worked the second shift, would be home in a couple of hours, and she can come in once he had arrived. Once Maria realized that there was no way that she was going to go back in the house, she worked her way to the roof. On the roof, there was a shed that was used to maintain the corn husks when in season. Uh, she decided to move things around and have at least a comfortable setup where she can, for sure, try to get a few hours of sleep. The night was very quiet. She figured because of how quiet it was, she should be able to hear the truck that was in charge of picking up and dropping off the workers, which her father was part of. This is where it starts getting weird. After some hours have passed, Maria kept waking up almost every 10 minutes. The only thing she could describe is that she kept hearing crowds of people gathering and having normal conversations like if it was the middle of the day. But it was the dead of night, and everything was silent. She would hear footsteps on the streets, shoes dragging, mumbles, everything that would happen on a regular afternoon. She was questioning her sanity. So she decides to get up and check the street from the roof. However, there was no one on site. Finally, after a long time wait, she hears the truck drive by for the last drop off. She quickly gets up to peek over at the workers that are getting off, hoping that her father would be on the truck as well. To her surprise, he wasn't there. She didn't have a choice but to go back to the shed and get a few hours of sleep. After some time passed, she was woken up by a strong gust of wind. It kept making noise around the shed. And then out of nowhere, it was all interrupted by the sound of footsteps coming up the middle stairs. One step after another. She tried to peek through the crack of the door to see if it was maybe her mom or dad coming up to tell her that the punishment was over and it was time to go back inside. The only problem is that her pride got in the way. She felt as if she was owed an apology and decided to guilt trip whoever it was 
that was coming up the stairs. As she turned around and went back to lying down, she pretended to go back to sleep. But whoever it was needed a beggar to come back inside. The wind and the footsteps went completely silent. She was overwhelmed with the feeling of being watched. However, she was still throwing a tantrum and decided not to look. Probably a smart choice. Some minutes passed, and she noticed that whoever was outside of the shed did not come to wake her up. It was here when the door of the shed opened wide. She finally turned around and was met with the back of a woman standing on the edge of the roof. She had a long white robe with short curly hair. Maria noticed that the hairstyle was the same as her mother's. And immediately she thought it was her. But something was still off and she couldn't figure out what it was. The wind started up again and the robe of this lady started to move back and forth with such strength that Maria was starting to become concerned that this can probably cause her to fall if she wasn't careful. It was here where the fear took over as this woman kept walking on the edge of the roof. And then she came to a complete stop. She was facing directly towards the town's graveyard, which really isn't that far from Maria's home. Maria kept thinking that this was her mom, and she tried to talk to her, but no words would come out of the mouth. She wasn't sure if she was in a state of shock or if something wasn't letting her speak. The wind became more aggressive, and it was here that Maria finally looked down towards the direction of this woman's feet. She was just trying to see if there was a possibility of her falling. Everything stopped. There was no wind. There was no noise. Just heavy breathing. This woman had no visible feet. She was floating on the edge of the roof. Maria was petrified. And as much as she wanted to scream and run, she couldn't. She slowly started to lift her head to lock eyes onto this entity. And this person started to turn around to look at her back. Right before their eyes met, Maria felt a soft touch on her face and slowly passed out. Maria doesn't remember anything after that. The morning came and Maria was up with no idea of what just happened the night before. She worked her way to the front door and it was now open. She goes in to get at least some decent sleep with one of her brothers. Minutes go by and she is woken up by one of the neighbors, yelling at her mother for having the nerve of leaving Maria outside of the house as punishment. How dare you? Something bad could have happened to her. What is wrong with you? To which Maria's mother replied, please, believe me, I tried to go up to get her, but I couldn't move. There was a woman outside of my window crying for help. But I recognized that voice. It was Hortensia. 
and she kept crying for her children. There was so much pain in her sobbing that I just couldn't process what was going on. All I could do was pray. Pray for my daughter and pray for Hortensia's spirit to find peace. Maria goes to have a conversation with her mother and also to complain. You went to the roof to check on me and yet you left me there. You couldn't have the courage to tell me to come back inside. It was easier for you to make an example out of me. Why didn't you wake me up to come back inside? To what her mother replied, I never went up there. What are you talking about? Maria replies, yes, you did. You had your white robe on. Suddenly, Maria starts to remember more details of what had happened. No, that wasn't you. Because whoever it was had no feet and was floating on the edge of the roof. To end the story, the victim that suffered from burning had uncanny features from her specific hairstyle to the eerily similar robe, all bearing resemblance to Maria's mother. The victim's name was Hortensia. Was it the spirit of Hortensia trying to communicate something to Maria? Who knows? But this is an event that Maria tells with the same exact amount of detail. And with time, it has not changed. Something she still claims to be a real experience with the paranormal.